0: Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Yeah. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote.
1: Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. Freddie LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Simulcasts on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Not a lot of time for phone calls, but the first segment of each hour normally is open for Phone calls if you would like to call the game hotline. Uh, We will be interviewing Cokie Riley at 9.15, our normal weekly interview as LSU prepares to get back into SEC play. Auburn and then Tennessee. So it'll be – we'll see if, you know, Auburn all year long has been kind of this. Everyone's just waiting for everything to just – finally collapse and get rid of the coach and all that so you know this could be a big step in that direction or you know they could about it face it we'll see I I would always be I guess you can be a, a a prisoner to history and I am sometimes and on LSU it looks like they should win this game double figures but that 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 the uh, there's been so many crazy LSU Auburn games over the years. I just I would always be a little bit nervous if I was an LSU fan. That because the LSU Auburn games are just got a long history of a lot of crazy games, a lot of crazy stuff. So we'll see how if that game goes, and we'll t- see what Koki's thoughts on that. And then we're gonna have a special treat in the ten o'clock hour. Um, Jace Conrad. Uh, who is going to be part of a very impressive UL athletic hall of fame induction i believe the official induction is friday and again many anybody knows anything about the local baseball scene knows a whole lot about jace conrad so um looking forward to chatting with jace about 10:15 um the astros like I am really astonished. I, I did not expect this. I gotta tell you, the Astros, you know, they more or less slept walk and did not play very well in August. And again, they did that in 2017 as well. Um that's not the only two years, but they have I really was a little concerned about September. I never really had I mean, all along you kind of knew they were gonna win the division. Um and because of how poorly the Yankees looked in 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 July and August, it kind of felt like they had a really good chance of the number one seat as well. But but I did not expect them to play. They record wise, they might have the best record in the major leagues in September. I mean, I, I, I did not expect this. I really didn't. There's so many good things that are happening. You never like to see a Pedro Grande. You know, he gets a hit last night and he kind of sprains his ankle or something like that, getting out of the box. Uh, you never want to see that. And then he stayed in the game. Like, why is anybody staying in the game right now for the Astros? If you get any kind of tweak, why would you stay in the game? I don't. Know. You know, I brought that up yesterday. I think I've made up my mind. Like, if you get, if something gets tweaked, like an ankle or whatever, then take them out. Like, there is no reason to play. I mean, everybody's injured to a certain, hurting to a certain extent at this point in the season, but I'm talking about any kind of an injury. There's no reason to play through it right now. Just take them out, give them an extra day off, and be extra cautious. I'm all for that. I think they should have done that last night. I couldn't believe Dusty left him in. But but I think I've decided they just need to play this thing out. I mean, do your normal day off for, you know, that you have days off and I'll do that. They're, but, but they're going to have like five days off. Like how many days off do you want? At some point you're not fresh, you become rusty. So because they the way the playoffs are working this year, I think they just need to play all the way through. Just play your normal deal just like it was the middle of July. And, again, if it's if a guy is due for a day off, give him a day off. But I don't think they ought to, like, do what, uh, you know, the the baseball equivalent of football where at the end of the year you just don't even play a bunch of starters. I, I just think you just play all the way through because you're going to have five days off anyway. Lance McCullers was supposed to pitch. Got an illness. Could mean nothing. Guess it depends on. <laughs> that illness is always in the last two years illness has sometimes a little different meaning than it did for the rest of our lives other than the last two years. So, uh, I get all, I have no idea what it is, but, um, I did not, I haven't heard any speculation on what that illness is, but hopefully it's just, you know, stomach virus or whatever. And he gets over it. But, uh, but, Luis Garcia pitched in his spot and, and did very well. Other than a 3-1 pitch to a 193 hitter that he hit about 400 feet for a home run, um, it, he he pitched outstanding. And the hitting, just, the hitting, they just hit the ball too well. He scored 10 runs. He had three home runs in one inning. Hensley, who came in and replaced El Pedro Grande as the DH, hits a home run. It was a line drive to right field. Got in the first or second row, but um Bregman is looking good. I mean, it's just I am I am astonished. I I did not expect this kind of September. Now, it's not like where they're doing so good where it's some sort of historic thing. Um, but they now I think they have to their, their all time record for most wins is one oh seven. So, I don't think they can better that. I mean, they can if they win the rest of their games. Uh, they only have seven games left, so they would have to go five and two to tie it. You know, I I I think they're going to go four and three or three and four. But the way they're playing, who knows? <laughs> it's just they're just here. I don't know. Scary. I, I my opinion has been this way for since probably June i just I just I'm just really hoping Phil mayton I just I still do not trust Phil Mayton I just don't trust him I again I've said it several times this season i I think he you know i really appreciate w- what he did he did he did the Astro he played he pitched very well in the postseason last year very well I just I just don't trust him. The Baltimore Orioles lost last night which is good for the Mariners cuz all of a sudden the Mariners look like they're trying to they're showing some really bad signs. Like, you know, it's one thing to go 3 and 7 on a 10 game road trip, but when you come home you need to start winning. Well, not only did it not win last night, they didn't win, they didn't score a run. They got beat what 5 nothing, 6 nothing by the Rangers. And look, the Rangers, you know, they can beat you just like anybody can. You know, the the Marlins went to Shea. Well, Shea. I keep calling it Shea. City Field last night crushed the Mets. I mean, it's baseball. Anybody can win any of these games. This ain't, this, ain't, this ain't football. It's baseball. And so any of these teams that have really bad records can beat you, and they can demolish you, not just beat you. By the way, on the football conversion scoreboard, which I used to do many years ago just to make a point, Uh, I think the Rangers beat the Mariners last night um, 42 to nothing. Now, there is no such thing. It's just to make a point of how different the two sports are. But I used to do that all the time many, many years ago. The football conversion scoreboard. So if you beat someone 11 to 2, that's what um, 77 to nothing on the football conversion scoreboard, or to fourteen, so no, it, it's the Mariners better start winning. the 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 um, Rays beat the Guardians last night, but the Cubs beat the Phillies. Like I said, the Cubs have actually been playing pretty well lately. I don't know what all that's about, but they've actually played pretty well lately, and they and they beat the Phillies last night, but the Brewers lost to the Cardinals, so kind of status quo as we go into the final seven, eight games of the season, and we'll see if um, how how these baseball races play out. All right, before we get to our first time out and shift gears to LSU football with Koki Riley, uh, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Foot. Man, I haven't heard that voice in a long time.
2: Well, you don't get to have like Bandit. You know, Bandit got to come pay his taxes, but I can't say that name on there. But anyway, uh, have you been taking your blood pressure medicine since the Saints and all this other stuff? Well,
1: all you, know, you know, you're not even going to believe this, but I didn't take it Sunday. And that was huh? a mistake. I did not take my blood pressure medicine oh, Sunday, and that was this, a put, bad you to
2: have the big one, man. Yeah. Hey, until they get a quarterback, uh, you know, they're they, they going to be uh, mediocre. Yeah, You know, so... But, uh, no, everything is is fair You're in Asheville. You better hope that you I'm know, not right about going, that. Go uh, ahead. The, uh, our little fishing rodeo didn't do that well this year. Hopefully next year for UL we'll be able to raise a little bit more money, you know. And uh, we have a pretty good-sized little storm. Uh, just grazed my uh, my second home in Key West. But it uh, looks like the rest of the state of Florida will get a pretty good soaking. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I've heard about it but I haven't really followed like where is it supposed to go in at right now? It's supposed
2: of... to go go in to Cape Coral, in between Naples and Sarasota, up in that area, south of Tampa. If that thing would have hit Tampa foot, you you'd have found you'd have found Driftwood all the way to Biloxi. You know, golly. But Tampa's been spared. The good Lord spared uh, spared Tampa, Florida. Well I, I but... have
1: some uh Old dear but, friends but you know who, who live, live in, in Sarasota, so, is, so I'm is, a little worried about the that.
2: The other Lafayette High uh, Atlanta Falcon buddy, you know. Right. So I don't, I don't know if he evacuated or not. You know, that's pretty serious. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's not, you know, we, we all know it's yeah. not worth playing with. You're correct. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. But anyway, um, what I really wanted to call you about. I did, I did, uh, you, you know I'm big into table tennis. You uh-huh. know what I mean? The, uh, uh Table tennis, this machine that I have put, is the best machine in the world to develop hand-eye coordination. Okay, I have different drills on it that you can do, these schools and everything. I brought it. Danny uh, Broussard, Kim Broussard over at St. Thomas More, they they were just amazed. The volleyball coach, she was amazed. Uh, the football coaches, they couldn't even. I I mean, it was amazing. So what I'm doing, we're try, trying to get the uh, – Everybody on scholarship at UL, we're trying to get them to come down to Abbeville, uh, and we're going to have a UL meet and greet over here in Abbeville, and we're going to put uh, at the Recreation Center right next to Terry Field where... UL kind of played some exhibition games, and this is part with Mr. Tommy Picard and Mr. Kelly Richard, who put on the, uh, the fishing rodeo, and we're also going to have the boys, uh, the Patru brothers, who are big big UL sponsors, and we're all going to try to get together and invite any athlete to come to Abbeville, foot fried fish, man. Golly, all the fried fish you can eat. You can't beat that, huh?
1: No, absolutely if not. Wanna, when, hey, when is this event? If you want to
2: come, it's, it's going to be from 12 to 7, 12 o'clock, noon to 7 o'clock. And, uh, you know, they can come anytime. meet and greet. We'll have, uh, uh, you know, the town officials here. And, you know, we just want to when, show when is this UL gonna the be? support you're getting in Lafayette.
1: Right. When is this going to be?
2: Well, I got to coordinate with the UL people, and I got to coordinate with uh, – uh, so I'm going to call you back and All give right. you uh, – it has to be during the open date of the football season okay right. so uh it should be uh, i should be able to come up with a date in the next day or two and i'll call you back
3: uh, but alrighty.
2: um we are going to have the former mayor there uh mr mark piazza who right. was uh a, a nephew of your boy mr Peter, who right. you know, passed away you know what i mean right but uh, uh i just wanted to share that with you that Abbeville uh, is trying to do all it can to help out the ul program you know right now uh you know uh, we're, we're kind of sputtering right now, but is that is that a good term, sputter?
1: A little bit of sputtering, yes, sir. Okay.
2: Well, I have a new, uh, uh, you know, when I meet people, I've been hanging around. Uh, I, you know, this is the way I meet people now. Greetings and salutations and other diastolical moments. Is that a pretty good <laughs> Well, you might be the only person in the
1: world that's ever said
2: that. Greetings and salutations and other diastolic. Do you know what diastolic means? Uh,
0: I don't think so. It's
2: the it's the it's the time in between your heartbeats. Oh, okay. So so if you have a long time in between heartbeats, guess what? You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, but it was good talking to you. And uh, I really want to try to get a hold of some people. And uh, you know, we're going to UL. And I'm going to get with the athletic director and, and, you know, some other people and let them know what we're trying to do here in Abbeville. All so, right. Anyway.
1: Take care. Thank <laughs> you, Rocky. All right.
2: But later, Alligator.
1: All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll connect with our friend Cokie Riley. Talk to LSU Auburn football next on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers in the Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. Now, the former New Orleans Saints longtime head coach who quit on the team after a tough season. Also known as Sean Payton. Now back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros want to tell you about the 13th Gate. If you would like to win tickets to the 13th Gate, legendary haunted house attraction, this is what you need to do. Text the word GATE, G-A-T-E, to 337-289-8100. That's text GATE to 283-8100. You might win tickets to the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions, the game 103.7 Lafayette one hundred four one Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us Cokie Riley of the USA Today Network. How are you, sir?
4: Doing great. How's it going, Kevin?
1: Oh, it's um, um going well. That's an interesting few game. Y- y'all got to p- the Red Sox played the Orioles the last few days, and the Astros played them over the weekend. That is a team that I hope doesn't make the playoffs because I want no part of that lineup. They are just crushing the ball right now. But you but you're able to beat them last night.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the numbers pre and post adding Adley Rushman to that lineup and bringing him up in the minor leagues, it's it's really stark. I mean, they would be a playoff team if he just if he was on the team the entire season. it's it kind of comes as simply that. He's been one of the really honestly one of the better players in in all of baseball since he's come up he
1: is he is really good and I'm already hoping that I draft him next year in fantasy we'll see how that (laughs) how that how how that plays out all right um I know I think I know what the answer is going to be but maybe maybe um did you get anything out of last week's game that could be a plus or a positive or encouraging or maybe a little problematic going into the rest of the SEC schedule or no?
5: Um,
3: not,
4: not really. It's again like these things are hard because yes, LSU played very well against New Mexico and the defense was absolutely dominant. They gave up they literally literally up two first downs of the entire game, um, and then offensively. Uh, they looked pretty smooth, especially in that second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to say that we can take anything like terribly substantive away from uh, a win like that. I, I think Jane Daniels looked a lot more smooth and decisive in the game. Um, Colleagues were talked about that on Monday, uh, which I thought was a little interesting. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like. Yes, they did what they were supposed to do, and I think that alone uh, should make Tiger fans feel better. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I maybe that doesn't necessarily mean that this team is going to be a juggernaut in the SEC either. So we'll see.
1: All right, so this Auburn team, they've had a nightmare of an offseason. I think everyone is just waiting for everything to fall apart and the coach to be fired, and, and yet... I guess technically they're three and one. I mean that's what they are. Um, you know I'm not going to discuss really look into those other two games. Kind of like we just said the the, uh, the the Penn State game they got beat forty one to twelve. They were minus four in turnovers and I I, I kind of when when I see a game like that and okay I normally look at turnovers first. Like how did that impact the game? Uh, not only were they minus four but they 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 three of the of the turnovers were on Penn State side of the field which obviously and two of them inside the 30 yard line so obviously they could have scored you know that was a huge turning point not so much in giving Penn State points but preventing themselves to get points uh and then last week it, like neither team did anything on offense i mean they put up over 400 yards against Penn State last week they they didn't put up hardly any yards so Besides all the off-the-field tomfoolery, I mean, does Auburn look that bad or, or, to you, or or no?
4: I I think this team. I, I don't know. I feel like this Auburn team is is really falling apart from the seams. I mean, you you didn't mention um, uh, one of their three wins, which was the San Diego, which was the. Uh,
1: San Jose the State. San
4: Jose State. Yes, I almost had San Diego. Um was the San Jose State game and, and they didn't necessarily dominate San Jose State. I think they only won twenty four to sixteen. Correct. Um so like this team is this team's just about ready to totally fall apart. Like that Missouri game, um, they should have lost that game. They got extremely, extremely, extremely lucky to um come away with that victory. So I I I feel like if L S U doesn't win this game, that would be, that wouldn't be great for them. I, mean, it's, I would say like the season would be over, but like I, I just feel like not only are they the better coach team heading in this game, but they are the much more talented team. So I, I don't know. I, I would be. I, I, I think LSU the, the line's going up to round ten, right? Um, if they don't, I would, I would honestly. I, I I feel like LSU will cover. Um, if in their quarterback situation, there's just so many things with this Auburn team that that shouldn't make anyone feel comfortable.
1: And it just seems like I kind of, it just seems like they're not real good at stopping the run, and they're not real good at stopping the pass. I mean, it's it's I don't I just don't see anything that Auburn's at least well they can hang their hat on this. I mean, I I just don't see it. So why is the spread only ten?
4: Well, it's on the road. I think the game being at Jordan Hare as a factor to do it. Um, I think the weather has something to do with it. Probably has, has something to do with it as well because the team is probably going to be played in a pretty in a pretty good uh, downfall um, on sort of the outskirts of, the, of, of that of that hurking in that's um, about to hit Florida, if not already in Florida at the moment. Um, so I think those are those might be factors, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like you mentioned Auburn's defense, I'm, let's talk about Auburn's offense. Like their quarterback situation, we don't even know who's going to start. Um, TJ Finley, even if he does play, might be might be um, a bit compromised. And I'm not terribly psyched about him as the quarterback, as a quarterback in general, and this is the Robbie Ashford situation. Um, he didn't look very good as a, as a passer last, last week. He doesn't seem like he's really ready to be an SEC-level processor uh, and when it comes to like, like reading out defenses. I don't know. Like They don't really win the line of scrimmage. Um, none of their wideouts scare you. Tank bids be kind of overrated. I, I don't really have anything good to say, to be honest.
1: You know, when I in my analysis of the NFL, I I I I keep trying to warn everybody that these first three games or so of the NFL season, it's basically preseason games that count. And and yet in college, we don't really look at it that way. Is there is there any is there any reason um to believe that maybe there is something for where Auburn could get better, they, they're they just not there yet, or does it look like, it kind of looks to me like it's just not there. Like, is there any reason to believe it? Well, they're new here, and they got new here, and maybe they're just kind of feeling their way through, it and they're going to get to it by midseason.
4: I don't see it coming together, because I don't think they they simply don't have the roster to get there. Well, yes, they have some players who could start on Pretty much any other team, any team in the country, a guy like, you know, like a guy like Derek Hall, for example. Um, but I, I, but the problem is, is, like the real issue with this team and this, the organization as a whole is the lack of recruiting since Brian Harson has taken over. Um, the inability to put together competitive uh, recruiting classes with uh, against the likes of Alabama or even an LSU. Um, they, they just haven't recruited at the level that they need to in order to bring in, bring in those athletes and that, and that ceiling of talent, um, that you needed to have in order to compete in the SEC. And I, yes, I know Hartford's only in the second season, but you can already sort of see that on the field. Like they're, they're, they just don't have a lot of talent. And you can, and when they played Missouri, they're, yes, they're more talented than Missouri, but it wasn't like there was a gaping hole, like a gaping gap. You know, between those two teams, talent wise, when you watch that game. And when you saw them play against Penn State, you saw them just get manhandled physically. It wasn't, it wasn't a, oh, these guys don't know how to play with each other thing like, say, LSU was in 2020 with, in the whole Bo Pellini situation. They were poorly coached, even though they had the talented pieces, right? Like, this is different. Um, And I think for that reason, I don't think you're going to see any sort of, like major improvement from the Auburn team.
1: Now, as far as do you think LSU will be able to run the ball? on them because that's, you know, to me that's one of the biggest things that LSU's got to get done between now and the end end of the year is is that they can establish some sort of running game, not with the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback runs it really well. We know that. But from the running back, do you feel like they should be able to line up and run with the running backs with a little more success against Auburn? Or is that, you know, they've given up some fair amount of rushing yards?
4: Yeah, I think in a game like this they can do that. Um, uh the uh, burning Miller of the athletic record this morning, Garrett is gonna be out with a broken hand, um, but so that that will compromise things a little bit if he's indeed out. Um, but I, I I still think like if this seems to get pushed around by Penn State at the level that they got pushed around by Penn State, I can't see why LSU could have, can't have a decent running game in this game. I mean, they have the talent at running back. Um, they have the big bodies on the offensive line, even if uh, their offensive line hasn't been terribly effective in, in the run game yet. Um, I, I think it could happen. I mean, we've seen slow progress from this from this offensive line when it when it comes to um, everything in, in general, but but um, particularly when it comes to uh, the traditional run game. So, yeah, I, I think it could happen for sure.
1: Yes, Penn State ran for 245 in that win over Auburn. Now, what about the wide receiver, the pass selection, the, the catch distribution? Do you think, I mean, it's been a little perplexing for some LSU fans and, uh, and just people watching them. Uh, do you think that will change between what it's been so far and like the last four games of the year? Or do you think, do you kind of expect it to stay like it's been so far?
4: Yeah, um, I think a lot of this has to come down to the questions around is Keyshawn, what's up with Kayshawn Booty? Can Jack, like, can we get Jack Bestmore consistently involved? I, I think part of this is the product of having so many weapons, and you know, like, guys aren't going to have like I guess the perfect looking stat lines every single week because of that. Um, but I think a lot of it's just Jaden Daniels and his ability to make his, make the right reads and not bail out of the pocket too early and be accurate with the ball. Like All these sort of question marks that are surrounding him. Um, and sometimes he's done them very... He's answered all those questions and done it in a, in a very positive fashion for LSU this season. There's other times that hasn't been the case. So I think a lot of it simply comes down to him, especially with the way this offensive line's been playing from a pass protection standpoint. They've been really good. They've been giving him time for the most part for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's just a matter of can Jaden take advantage of it, right? Uh, and can they scheme open? Can they, yeah, can they basically get uh, Keyshawn involved and get him open? Uh, I think it kind of comes down to those two those two things. Um, they'll have Keyshawn back this week, which is good for them, of course. Uh, they're going to need an S C C play. So I, I feel like... A it just comes down to Jane Daniels, honestly. And we saw some progress from from him in the New Mexico game in terms of him as a processor and not feeling out of the pocket too early and all those sort of things. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I honestly think it comes down to the quarterback.
1: All right. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it just seems like the kind of game where, I mean, are you thinking like – Thirty-four to ten, kind of a game. I mean, I, do, do, do you see? All, I I don't really see um, LSU's defense giving up very much.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, especially in the rain, in this rain. I mean, it kind of limits what either team can do on offense. So, it, it, so it's kind of going to come. So, if the, if this rain is going to be that bad, and they're going to be um, not in the eye of the storm, of course. Then the game wouldn't be happening. Um, but in a part of the storm, I, I think that that will just nerf down the score um, either way. So, yeah, like even if it was just a regular sunny day, which I mean that could happen. They could the, the, the what the, the the storm could push far east. Um, and if that if that's the case, then yeah, like if they could. They can really uh, put a hurting on this team, um, but but I, 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 I yeah I, I think something like thirty four to ten. But I'm only hesitant about that because I don't know how many points LSU can score in a in in like a it, it,
1: if it's a hurricane. mud pit. Do you feel like that equalizes this matchup or gives LSU a bigger advantage? Because the thing I would be worried about that is LSU not being able to run the ball with their running backs in a mud pit. Yeah,
4: I I think it evens it out a little bit because LSU then can't use its, like, super studs at the receiver receiver spots, right? They can't, like, Booty and Hilton and all all these sort of guys get sort of taken out of the game because they they, they simply, uh, because the weather just sort of takes out the passing game, so yeah but like if it comes down to like a running match i would i would lean lsu lsu's offense over auburn's offense just because uh, just because auburn's auburn's offense against LSU's defense could get ugly either even if it is even if it's good weather and if it's bad weather then it could get even uglier so then you throw turnovers into the equation i don't know I, I i feel like i would just trust lsu more in that situation um uh, Especially with Ellis' defense being as good as it's been recently.
1: Well, we're kind of hoping when we get to SEC play, that things would look a little more competitive. But it's not looking that way. Next week, though, the conversation <laughs> could be a little different. Next week, um, we we think so anyway. So, I appreciate your time as always, sir. Thank you very much.
4: Awesome! Thanks so much for having All me, right. on, Kevin?
1: Thanks, Koki, Koki Riley, the USA Today, what, USA Today Network. Yeah. I think he's right. I mean, again, the, the the only if I'm LSU, I'm hoping for good weather. Just because when you're the better team, you never want anything to, to like bad weather to to you know to kinda add an element of unpredictability because on paper, and again, we understand how sports work, not everything always pans out like on paper this looks like a blowout, like a mismatch. You add a mud pit into it and, you know, crazy stuff can happen. So if I'm an LSU fan, you really hope that it's not one of the mud pit kind of games. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out with the storm. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Talk more to you on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Are you fluent in
1: Footlish? Not to worry,
0: we're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary.
1: Medicine season.
0: Medicine season. Now, a season in which a college or professional sports team suffers a disappointing season due to injuries or fluky incidents. Also known as paying the piper. Now back to the man with his very own language, Kevin foot and footnotes on the game. One Oh three, seven Lafayette and one Oh four, one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin foot on the game. Footnotes on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros want to tell you about Trail, T-R-A-I-L, putting on the Sugar Man Triathlon and Duathlon this Sunday, October the 2nd at Sugar Mill Pond in Youngsville. Spectators are invited. It's an all-road sprint 50 five, or 5500 meter swim which just I'm like Ray that just I, I can't even fathom that a 15 mile bike ride through Sugar Mill Pond development volunteers will receive free food drinks and shirts for more information visit latrail.org trail is a nonprofit dedicated in building and improving outdoor recreation and local parks. So, for you, those of you who are in much better shape than Raymond and I, please enjoy that. I don't. I don't know. Um, I, you know, all the respect in the world. There's no way I could do that. But no, very, very impressive. If you are capable of volunteering for that, or a, are willing to, certainly um, take part in that. All right, we have. I want to get to an NFL issue um, that we didn't get to yesterday, um, having to do with the NFL and and we I meant to do it on Tuesdays because that's kind of when we did it, but that's okay if we do it a day later. And it's it, it we've already got some quarterbacks who have obviously some injury issues. We've got the concussion issue with with Tua, so we'll see what happens there. You know, we talked the whole offseason about the AFC West and how good it was. Um, Slater, second-year outstanding offensive tackle for the Chargers is now lost for the season. Not good. Joey Bosa's injured as well. He's out. The dreaded indefinitely, which I hate that word because it it means nothing. Could mean he's gonna be back tomorrow. It could mean he's never gonna play again. Um, it's a deceiving word, but it 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 drives me crazy. But anyway, um, means that we don't that nobody knows or they don't want to tell us. So, but no, I mean they did not look good last week. Now I do think Jacksonville. Is has a really good chance of being the surprise team in the NFL this year. I think it's preseason football and so I think part of what could be going on with Jacksonville is they got a lot of new there, there a lot of fancy in you because they got a coach that can do a lot of fancy stuff that if you have not prepared for it can be very successful. Now that doesn't mean it's going to be successful once we get out of the preseason but um, they, it could, it could be a while. A lot of times you're, when you have a whole new deal, it takes till the next year or towards the very end of the year where people start picking up on it. So, well, I also think Jacksonville's better defensively, even last year. They, I think they're better defensively than they've been given credit for. So maybe last week wasn't as scary from a charger perspective as it looked, um, it looks like the Raiders could be in preseason mode for a while. Like there's I mean, you know, there's people around here who are frustrated because some people are already talking about getting rid of coaches and all that stuff with the Saints and the Cajuns. They're they're talking about wanting to get rid of the coach in, in Las Vegas too already. He and he's coached three games. It is um wow. Um, and then obviously the Patriots have a second year quarterback who's going to be out for a while and is, is already been put on IR so that that that's a little uh, you know I don't know what's going to happen with that 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 could that could get ugly um but just to continue on the uh the QW watch this week was a little more clear cut last week if you remember I kind of struggled a little bit with several of the um, of the you know, what, the comparisons should I give this one well, a couple like? Well, are they in the second level or are they the third level? And for those of you who missed out on the the beginning of this and wonder what I'm talking about, I decided you know the big one. There, there are several big major issues on this show over the, over over the years. One of the major issues I have with mainstream sports public here locally and nationally is that I think we have morphed. It was always important, but I think it's way it's become way more important. We have morphed into a sports media and a sports public that believes that the game of football is all about the quarterback. I mean, we're hearing that with the Cajuns. A lot of people think all every time they lose now, it's all going to be about the quarterback. Well, I think it's it, it 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 I think the game of football is much deeper than the quarterback position. I've come up with I call that mentality and those that adopt that mentality as QWs, quarterback worshipers. And um and so I said, okay, well let's look at this week to week. Like how often does the team with the superior quarterback uh win over a team that doesn't have the superior quarterback? And so I've broken down into three different levels. An elite level, a middle level, and the bottom third. And going into this week, the record was 12, 10, and 10. Now, sometimes they're even. Sometimes you have two elite quarterbacks playing against one another, like you did with Brady and and, and Rodgers this week. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's a draw. I mean, it, there is one. I'm talking about when when you have one from different levels playing against one another so this past week the 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 record was 5 5 times the 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 team with the superior quarterback and a higher class of quarterback won four times the team with the inferior quarterback won and 6 times it was a draw so The overall standings through three weeks, not exactly calling it, folks. The overall standing through, and again, it's preseason football. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some weeks where it's going to be way in one direction and others way, but so far through three weeks, we have 17 games where the quarterback that is in a higher class of quarter, higher tier quarterback won 14 times a team with the lower-tier quarterback won and 16 times where it was even. Kind of about 500 so far. Kind of in and around that 500 range. Kind of like uh, 50-50. Kind of like, uh, kind of toss up so far through through three weeks. So just wanted to keep you up-to-date on that. Uh, I think there's a few more positions in the game of football than just quarterback, but... We'll see. Uh, it's a free country. We can all have our opinions, and then we'll continue to monitor this and see how it goes as the the, the season goes on. So I just wanted to update you that 17, 14, 16. That's the um, that's the numbers so far, and I think more of the benefit of the doubt, especially in week one, was given to the other side. I've been I haven't if 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 it's close, I've been giving it to the QWs and it's still 17-14-16. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, who Remind you, come celebrate German style heritage at Robert's Cold German Fest this Saturday and Sunday. Man, it's a busy weekend in the Cadiana area. In rain, there will be traditional German cuisine, music, dancing, plenty of German cultural activities, a rice threshing demonstration, antique tractors, and you can take home a German cookbook. From the gift shop, the kid-friendly event takes place this weekend at St. Leo Catholic Church in Robert's Cove, just off Rain exit 87 on I-10. For more information, visit robertscovegermanfest.com. All right. Lots of big events this weekend all around the Acadiana area, and there's obviously some uh, very important football games. Cajuns hosting... South Alabama, LSU going to Auburn. We talking about, and then the Saints, of course. Because, thanks NASCAR has got the Saints playing in another country in London, starting at eight thirty in the morning. Arguably, you know, just a pivotal game. I mean, for right now, if the Saints can win this game, then there'll be more theoretically more significant games to play down the road. But right now, this is just critical, absolute critical game. And, Try not to think about it very much this week. Trying to focus on the Astros. It's just a lot more, a um, lot less stressful to talk about. Let's put it that way. All right. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Footnotes after this. Stay tuned on the game. Broadcasting
0: live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Again, you can watch a simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, now is a good time to do so. You can talk Major League Baseball, uh, LSU Auburn, football that we talked a little earlier in the last hour with, with Koki as well as NFL and all kind of subjects going on. We talked quite a bit about Cajun football yesterday with Cody Juno. Any thoughts you might have on that? Certainly feel free to do so. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello.
6: Foot, how you doing?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm pins and needles all week.
6: Well, you, you, you said you didn't know when the day was going to come. The day has come, Foot what's that the Braves have caught the Mets
1: well yeah but you had already caught them that that it, you gotta you gotta you gotta pass them we'll
6: pass them I, I mean, mean it, it, you, you caught them a few is, weeks it, ago it's and gonna then come you down faded. To Friday
1: Saturday and Sunday now I want to make sure I'm right I, I, am I right that if they if if y'all sweet then you win the season series but if you don't uh-huh. sweep, then they yeah, won the I, season I, series, or how does sweep, that work? If,
6: if we sweep, win. If we sweep, it doesn't matter if we win the series or not. We'll be ahead of them.
1: Well, not if you lose all your, your other games and they win them.
6: Yeah, we not. But, but we're not losing against nobody besides the Mets. If we lose to the yeah, yeah, the
1: y'all, y'all, y'all didn't lose to the A's or nobody. <laughs> y'all didn't lose to yeah, any
6: but that's 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 when it really didn't matter. Now's the time when it matters.
1: Well, it mattered to the, the Mets the last night and, and it, the and Marlins crushed them. Huh? It mattered to the Mets last night and the Marlins crushed them. Yeah, but the Marlins are a fine organization, foot. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I was glad
6: to I was so much of a Marlins fan last night. I mean, Look, I think and, you're going
1: to win. I'm just saying uh, this is baseball. It's not football.
6: Yeah. Well, we got the we got we got the the the, the Nats again tonight and then the 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 Mets this weekend and then the Marlins Monday Tuesday and Wednesday uh, but 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 I'm I mean if if the Braves sweep the Mets you don't think they're gonna just fall flat and and then say okay we did we swept the Mets we in first place let's go lose two out of three to the Marlins
1: Well, I, mean, I don't they, think, think that's gonna, gonna, more, gonna happen the I Marlins agree you' ready to go home I mean but we keep saying that why aren't they ready to go home right now? I mean, like, like, the Cubs beat the Phillies yesterday. The Rangers should be ready to go home. They went to Seattle. They beat them six to nothing last night. I'm just saying, this is baseball. It's different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I mean, but but foot, isn't it funny?
6: You play 162 games, and 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 we what we've played 155, and nothing has been decided. They're dead even.
1: That's um. That's when it's fun. Yeah.
6: It's fun for you. As an Astro fan, it's not fun for me.
1: Well, again, we've played this game before, and old-school Braves fans should know it. A lot of times, Colston is not good. I mean, how many times Colston is not always good? So I'm kind of glad, I guess, that the Astros are looking sharp right now because if you clinch too early, there's so many examples in baseball where you come out flat and you get beat by someone who had to play hard till the end. Yeah, happens but all the time,
6: it, and 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 usually it does. It, it usually didn't matter if you was the wild card or thing, but this year with that with the way they're doing it, it it really does it, matter. I it, it really, mean,
1: I mean you can you the, can still win, but it's a lot tough. It's tougher. I agree. Oh
6: yes, yeah, and that and 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 the wild card is going to have to go through, play a first round game against the Phillies or the or the Brewers, whoever it is, and then face the Dodgers in the second round. And then if they beat the Dodgers, then they would have to play probably the, the win of the Mets and the in the Cardinals. I mean, you have to play all three teams. It, it, it's not fun. I promise you, you want to win the division.
1: Well, no, this, it 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 can happen. Like the year the Nationals beat us in the World Series, they they could have easily have lost the one game playoff to get in, and they wanted and they won a series. I mean, it can be done. It's just a long, it's a it's a longer, tougher road to hold, no question. Yeah. Well,
6: just gotta finish. Take care of the Nationals tonight and, and hope the Marlins can help me one more time so I can be ahead going into Friday's game.
1: Oh, you're you in good shape if that happens.
6: Pull for the Marlins tonight, food. That's all I can ask you. Pull for the Marlins. Man,
1: that's Dylan Foreo, that guy. Now he wants to get saves. Where was he Where was he when I needed him, you know, three months ago? But we won't worry about that. <laughs> all, all right. right th- 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 thanks for the call. All right. Um, let's go back to the phone lines. Hello? Hey, morning, Good morning, sir.
7: Hey, I got a question for you, buddy. Okay. Could you please? And I'm begging you. I'm, I'm I'm driving right now, but I'm if I can be, I'd be on my knees begging you. Could you please, your saints please take that trash cart off my Dallas Cowboys, please.
1: You don't want y'all you don't want your quarterback? Is that what you're telling me?
7: I don't want Trash Scott. Y'all can have that man for nothing. I mean, we'll why are take you so down on running. him? The man's garbage. We got chemistry right now with Cooper Rush, man. Why are we gonna Why are we gonna go? I seen on ESPN yesterday. Why are we gonna go? Just because he's so called healthy, the man's gonna come in and ruin everything. Uh, all the chemistry that 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 we have going for us right now.
1: The man, you know, man is down on his starting quarterback.
7: I I, I mean, he ain't done nothing. Up till the other day, we only had two uh, two touchdowns the
6: whole season.
7: Come on, man, you got to do better than that, man. Come on, we ain't gonna. It's a proven fact we can't win with with Trash We just can't. We uh, y- y- y'all can have him. He can be your problem. We'll take Winston. We'll take him. We'll take him off your hand if you want. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Paul has been lying to you all these years, huh? About what? He ain't no Knicks fan. He a Celtics fan, man. That man's a, a cool, a cool Cel- Celtics fan, man.
1: He's crushed. He's been lying to.
7: Yeah, he, he ain't no Knicks fan. What what Knicks fan would pull for the Celtics in the playoffs,
1: man? Yeah, I don't. It, it didn't make any sense to me.
7: He's a Celtics fan. You just gotta start laughing when he say he a Knicks fan. He ain't no Knicks fan. He a Celtics. That's what he is, man. That's what he he was talking nothing but the Celtics the other day oh yeah 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 you know but that's all I really had to say for it uh but it, October's getting close October's getting close you know what that means huh
1: preseason's over no What's the Yankees
7: that? about to to, to to fall flat on their oh feet. okay <laughs> I
1: got you I got you I got you I got you
7: <laughs> oh yeah. They're going to make the
1: playoffs all right, and then they're going
6: to take off.
7: They're going to take <laughs> off right to their recliner. That's where they're going to take
1: off. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, take care. Thank you for take taking care. my call. All right. Take care. Uh, I didn't know where he was going, but I get it now. I should have figured that out. But a man loves to hammer poor Paul. And Paul loves to hammer him. That's Those two are something. Those two are something for sure. No, his Red Sox last night scored 13 runs. Kyle Bradish. I could be a hit or so off here, but I'm basically I'm right. He's pitched 16 innings against the Astros this year, given up four hits, no runs in 16 innings. Against everybody else, he gets completely crushed. I mean he gave up what seven runs last night I don't think he got out of the third inning got completely crushed his era against everybody else is like over six his era against the Astros is zero that's baseball I mean it's it's it, 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 it just it almost doesn't make any sense other than to say that's baseball but Kyle Bradish Astros can't even touch him not even close got completely dominated by him and um and again here he goes last night, just getting totally shelled. The Orioles can hit Anthony Santander, however he pronounces his crazy name. I picked him last year, did nothing. This year he's got like 55 home runs. Unbelievable. Incredible. But no, he is just on fire right now. And they're scoring runs like crazy. But you gotta be able to pitch too. Gotta be able to pitch. Uh, yeah, so I'm getting some details. The Mets right now lead the season series with the Braves 9-7. to So, yeah, the, if they're even, and I agree, they probably, if the Met, if the Braves sweet, then to Troy's point, you know, they're more than likely are going to, there won't be a tiebreaker. I'm just trying to figure out where the tiebreaker is. And as long as the Mets win one, they will win. If the Mets win one and the Braves win two, the Mets win the tiebreaker. So I'll have to beat them. We'll see how that plays out. All right, one more quick call, then we got to take a timeout, and we'll be shifting gears, talking to Jace Conrad on the other side. Hello.
6: Wait, before I forgot to tell you, something happened last night that hasn't happened, they said, since a long time. I forget what date it was, but did, did, did you see the nineteenth the... century?
1: Yeah, they called three yeah. balks on a guy. I, I I don't even know. I didn't see the highlight. I heard people talking about it. Uh, what's his name? Blyer. I'm yeah, not he, rip-
6: had a, he hadn't had a bulk in two years. They called three in the same at-bat.
1: But you know what that reminds me of? The, you know, if you've watched Follow College Softball at all, every once in a while they'll just start calling these illegal pitches and some umpires are sticklers about it and some just kind of leave it alone. But it, it is kind of crazy that at the major league level, he, had, he, he claims he's been doing this all year long and they hadn't called it until this game. Two years, he hadn't had a
6: balk, And they called three and one at bat. It, it, I mean, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, Mattingly, after the first one, he, he argued a little bit. The second one, he said something. And the third one, they both got thrown out the game.
1: Well, they still won. But I, I I would hope that they would have a little more, Uh, like, can you imagine if something like that happened in a playoff game or the World Series to decide it? To, de-
6: to decide the game. I, I mean – could you, for you go ballistic if that
1: would happen to the Astros? NASCAR would, is perfectly fine with that happen. They love to cheat people.
6: <laughs> All right, Foot. Talk to you later. All right.
1: All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Have a special guest, Jace Conrad, who's going into the UL Athletic Hall of Fame this weekend. Uh, look forward to chatting with him. We'll do that next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Kevin Foot. It's real man's an award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a
1: doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decide to inflict them with, with the, the host's bounty game silliness.
0: His descriptions of illnesses are extremely
1: concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this Bounty Gate ceiling. Dr. Foote is ready to write a prescription
0: for what ails your favorite team. Here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Before we get to our very special guest, want to remind you again, if you are a fan of haunted houses, you could win VIP tickets to the 13th gate legendary haunted house attraction where you can scream and scream and scream while others are waiting in line to do so simply register at the game rewards club 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com you might win a pair of vip tickets at a 13th gate courtesy of midnight productions and the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station all right we have with us Mr. Jace Conrad, who will be inducted into the UL Athletic Hall of Fame. I believe the official uh, induction ceremony will be Friday, and they'll all be recognized on Saturday at the homecoming football game. Hello and congratulations, sir.
8: Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Thanks for having me this morning. Looking forward to visiting with
1: you. All right. So, first of all, it's got to be – I mean, I guess if someone sat – when you have the career you had, I guess someone say, well, you're going to do it, you know, you would say, well, okay, maybe, but you don't really think about it all the time. So, when you get the phone call, explain to us who have never been in that situation and never will be, how cool is that phone call?
8: Oh, it's a great – it's very cool, honestly, Um, you know – I'm excited about it. It's one of those deals where, you know, my personality is, you know, never expect things like this to happen and uh, you know, for it to happen this early, you know, after or this soon after my my career's over. It's it's humbling and it's an honor and I'm looking forward to it more to be able to represent, you know, the 2014 team as a whole rather than just myself. So, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, Kevin.
1: You know, you mentioned the 2014 team, and and I was thinking that if if we took some sort of poll of the of the 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 favorite or the most popular Cajun athletic teams of all time in all the sports, it, I think it's very possible that 2014 team would win or certainly be real close to the top. I'm sure people come up to you and talk about that season all the time. It, does does that ever get old? Reliving the incredible memories of that season?
8: Uh, not really. Honestly, we we were able to put together a, a pretty special season with a pretty special team, and it, you know, people to this day still still bring up. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of it has to do with a lot of those conversations have to do with Ole Miss. But you know, it is what it is, and um, no, those conversations don't get old. You know, I enjoy being able to kind of relive it. Um, It's a special time in my life, and, you know, I think about it very often.
1: Again, we're speaking with Jace Conrad, who uh, we're going to go further back, is going into the U Athletic Hall of Fame, but Jace Conrad is one of the few Names in in sports in our area, where he was very famous. way before he got to UL and became the first consensus first team All American baseball selection. Uh, he was famous before that, so I want to go back to you as a kid. And people talk a lot about the Little League World Series as well. I don't know if you saw it, but ESPN did a thirty for thirty, and it made me think about you. And and basically with the th- on the Kirkland nineteen eighty two. Um Little League World Series champion team from Kirkland, Washington and they had their star player very much like yourself w- 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 was Cody Webster and basically he never got past this just the fame and, and and the local notoriety and and all the expectations and and all that I, did you see that by any chance I did not I did not see that Okay so so let me ask you was there did that whole being like you know, uh, um, the best player on a very, um, a team that achieved a lot at the little league level as a kid. Did you ever did it? How did you get past like that pressure and the expect, well, of course he's going to be this mega star and go to the major leagues and all like, how did you get past, deal with that pressure as a young kid?
8: Well, you don't really, you know, deal with it per se. I mean, I, I don't think I even realized at the time that there was any, you know, pressure on me. I think it kind of goes back to, you know, just like the 2014 team, you know, I had so many good players around me back then that I just so happened to be the one that succeeded in the sense that nobody else, nobody wanted to pitch to the guy in front of me or the guy behind me. Um, So, they would always pitch to me, right, and and I would capitalize on it. So the pressure wasn't an issue, and, again, I don't think that I would have been that successful without so many good teammates around me. So I think it all boils down to, um, you know, me having the privilege of playing with guys that could play the game at a high level, and like I said, I was able to capitalize on some opportunities, and um, the pressure was never something that, that really bothered me
1: all right again we're speaking with jace conrad so after that and uh, the next big step he went played at lafayette high and would y'all play for the state championship twice had a lot of success during your high school years what are your memories of uh, of an outstanding high school career as well
8: uh high school was was definitely uh definitely fun from a baseball standpoint um you know i have a I have some tough losses that still haunt me to this day, and and uh, other than Ole Miss, two of them are the two state championships we lost in uh, my junior and senior year. So as many good things that happened over those years, Kevin, I don't know if it's the competitor in me or what, but unfortunately those are the things that stuck the most. And, you know, I'd do anything to go back and get another opportunity at, you know, a state championship at Lafayette High.
1: You know, it it's funny because it's so old, we've we've heard it before. The old school football coach, and I've and, and I'm kind of that way a little bit as a fan of of the teams that I support, but you hear it all the time from the old school football coaches, the losses hurt more than the wins feel good. And one of the things that whether it's Coach Deggs or yourself or other people have said about you, that you just absolutely hated to lose and, and how ha- I'm sure that played a huge role in your success, but was it ever an obstacle as well?
5: Yeah, it was definitely
8: an obstacle. um you got to learn to to balance that, and it's not something that you know I can necessarily control. I think it's just kind of who I am and um you know it was beaten to my head you know to hate losing more than you love winning, and um that's something that I you know I live by to this day, so you got to be careful. You can't let it consume you. Um, You're going to fail, right? And so you just got to learn how to deal with it. So looking back, you know, I think the toughest part was, you know, you don't get a second chance at those opportunities. I mean, if you don't make the most of those state championships, you know, you'll more than likely not get, you know, another shot at it. So it boils down to really just capitalizing whenever the opportunity presents itself and, unfortunately we we missed out on a couple of them
1: you um baseball's a tough sport to have that hating failure that much isn't it
8: <laughs> yes it's a very <laughs> tough sport it's, um it's you're gonna fail a lot more than you're than you're gonna succeed in that game but i think in the long run in life in general i think that that has played a huge part and uh in my success
1: all right so i after those two state championship years, where you were, like you said, on a really good team with a lot of good players and had a lot of success, um, tell me about the recruiting process and getting to UL. Was that a was that a given or not necessarily?
8: Uh, not necessarily. I had some, um, I had you know, multiple opportunities to go play at some in-state and out-of-state schools, and I think it all boiled down to you know what was best. For me and my family, um, you know, not only scholarship-wise and financially, but you know, I-, I wanted to be able to play in my hometown where I grew up, and and I really did believe at the time that if I would if I got in there and and I was surrounded by some even you know decently talented players that we could build a culture and and make that program you know something that people remember, and so. It boiled down to really just wanting to play in front of, you know, my hometown and growing up watching the Cajuns play. So, you know, Tulane, for whatever reason, was um, w- was up there as well. And uh, it just – something clicked. I was in a hotel playing summer ball. And, you know, I, me and Chaz Hebert, who you may remember that right. committed there, but ended up getting drafted. Um, we were sitting in the hallway, and we both committed at the same time, you know, over the telephone to coach – coach trahan at the time and so uh the recruiting process is fun and uh you know again that's something that you'll never get a second opportunity at so i enjoyed it and i know i made the right decision
1: you got a chance obviously you know your dad was your little league coach and was it was a huge part of your life you played college baseball some with your brother which has to be a great experience as well in high school baseball the family part of all that, you know, had to enjoy, as you look back, play a huge role in, in just the fun of your entire baseball career.
8: Yeah, definitely. I have, you know, a very supportive family now and, I, and as, as well as back then. And, you know, we enjoyed a lot of good, good times together. And, you know, I thank my parents to this day because everyone got to enjoy it everyone around me got to enjoy you know the good times but they were the only ones that got the phone call my mom and dad whenever things weren't going well right so they had to kind of take take the hits whenever i was over 30 or over 20 whatever it may be so without them there's no shot out of you know had the success that i had
1: all right. So after your incredible college career, and again for those who don't know, this two thousand and fourteen team—they were ranked for a while number one in the country. They were a, a national seed, and it was just, you know, just a tremendous season that anybody who was part of it as a fan or any in any role uh, certainly will never forget. You got drafted in the thirteenth round um, by the Rays. Played three years of professional baseball. Was. How would you compare playing minor league ball to high school little league college play being a college player?
8: um I'd say it's definitely more of a business um in the sense that unfortunately you know it's, it's kind of almost every man for himself you know you make your friends, I have some really good friends that I played with, but there's never really and there may be at the you know the major league level, but there's not really that team atmosphere. It's not everyone pulling the same direction. It's, it's more of you pull for yourself and, you know, you find a way to get promoted. And that's the part that I think uh, is the most difficult or was the most difficult for me is, you know, I was such a team guy and, uh, you know, I found myself still pulling for people that were, you know, playing the same positions as me in pro ball. So it was like, it was, uh, you know, it all came down to dollars at that level, and it came down to what the best business decision was. So, in my opinion, you know, the business aspect of it is, is what's, you know, the most different.
1: How has it been once you decided to retire and your baseball career was over, as driven as you were for so long uh, a lot of guys struggled to move on after that. How, how tough was that transition once you were no longer an athlete driven to become the best you can be on a baseball field?
5: It was
8: tough. Um, I tell people all the time, um, you know, I was 25 years old sitting on my dad's couch and I remember thinking to myself, you know, what am I doing? Right. Uh, I went play independent ball for about two months, did really well. And, you know, it's tough kind of transitioning, but, you know, I was lucky enough to find a career that is extremely competitive right after baseball. And I've hit the ground running and, you know, to this day, I I love what I do now. And I, I think baseball as a whole prepared me for, for this particular career.
1: And, um, is it fun for you to watch baseball or now that, you know, whether you're watching the Cajuns or a major league game or a high school game or whatever, uh, for someone who was so successful at all the different levels and so driven and hated to look – like what is it like when you watch someone else play baseball as a, as a fan now?
8: It's, you know, it's nice to just be able to kind of sit back um, and enjoy it. I mean, it was always so – Competitive for me, that I was always worried about winning, 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 and um, now to just be able to enjoy the game—you know, see what people are doing different than you know maybe when I when I was playing—it uh, can be frustrating at times, that's for sure. But at the end of the day, it, it's a it's a game, right? And um, I'm just enjoying being able to go hang out at, you know, at the stadium, watch UL play. And I'm lucky enough that, you know, Coach Deggs and Babb and those guys, they'll, they still let us, you know, be a part of it. They'll, you know, we'll go out to BP, hang out at practice, you know, hang out with the team. So I still get that little taste of the the locker room aspect of it, which I think is what I enjoyed the most.
1: Well, I understand how driven you are and certainly appreciate covering you as a young athlete doing that. And again, you were part of, I think, two of the most famous teams at the Little League level, Little League World Series level that people are still talking about and at the collegiate level with the Cajuns. And so that's a that's a pretty special career.
8: Yep. And uh, we appreciate, I definitely appreciate all the support over the years and um, look forward to... Some more Cajuns baseball coming up, you know, after the first of the year.
1: Absolutely. Well, look, it was great visiting with you. Thank you very much, and again, congratulations.
8: All right, Kevin. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one.
1: You too, Jace Conrad. Again, I, he what a unique career he had. Success. You Know it's one thing to be really good, but it's one thing you know, he's like a he's been a local hero since he was what was he 11, 12 years old, whatever age they are, little league level, and it carried over into all the you know, as a high school kid. I mean, they they were they were he was on some great teams, and then for the Cajuns, arguably the best team in the history of UL athletics, not just baseball, athletics, and so it's uh something so. Congratulations to him. He will be part of an induction class that is very highly celebrated. Christy Ogeron, uh, softball player. I mean, this is a young lady who was driving in 90 100 runs in a season. Lisa Merritt, a women's basketball player. She was playing at UL when I was in high school in the early 80s, and so many people forget about the impact that that she had on that program. And they had a year in a 22 and six you know the first really great um women's college basketball season in the history of the university Mike Heinen who won you know played on the PGA tour for years uh Lynn Williams who was a trainer and you know um and and just kind of behind the scenes hero and Ladarius Green who was a um you know obviously arguably the top best tight in a cage in history there was one that played in the 70s only played one year that a lot of people think could be the best as well but again ladarius green was one of the great um football players for sure in history so what a great class and also russ falkenberry who still is the winningest coach in the history of the program and you know when we talk about the, when when Coach Hud got there, and we talked about the first bowl game since 1970, and the first outright championship, conference championship last year since 1970. Well, 1970 that was the Russ Falconberry area and he kind of set the stage and played a a huge role in the in the football program over the years. All right, thank you, appreciate very much, Jace coming on. Hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. What an incredible career he had. All right. We will take a timeout. Come back with more on footnotes on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works.
0: Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros want to remind you it's time to kill two birds with one stone where you can help a good cause and do some early holiday shopping at the same time. The Opelousas St. Landry Rotary Club auction will be held on Tuesday on KDCG Channel 50.2 on the air, Cox 9, Charter 11, LUS 22. The auction begins at 6 p.m. And viewers can bid on all kind of items from gift cards, vacation packages, sporting goods, home decor, memorabilia, and so much more. All proceeds go to worthy causes, and items can go in pennies on the go for pennies on the dollar. So make sure to tune in for the Opelousas St. Landry Rotary Club auction on Tuesday on KDCG. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello,
5: what's going on, Kevin?
1: How are you, sir?
5: Well, but I brought back some good memories, Kevin. Uh, talking to Chase. <laughs> I mean look, uh that's when I was very involved in that program and I was sitting right behind home plate. I mean look, I that, that season was such a you know such a joy it's just something I, I didn't can't put into work.
1: Yeah, it was um it was memorable and so me- you know, obviously it was just it, it, the team was so aggressive and so athletic, and 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 so fun to follow. And they just, you know, they they just intimidated people with their style of play and and that mental toughness that Jace was a huge part of.
5: You know the name that uh is going to say. Me, he gave uh, Jace, but it was really me giving the Anyway, I'll, I'll say we gave it to him. Remember the, his nickname? There's three things you can count on. Death was, taxes and Jace Conrad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, was. You
5: know, and you know it changed uh, after Jace was gone. Then it was uh, three things you could count on: death taxes and a Conrad, because was was uh, equally as clutch as uh, not, not as equally, but Bryn was very clutch too. Uh, yes. You know, later on after Jace left. You know, you know, Kevin going back to that year. You know, I, I going you know, even go back to that, that regional uh, before they got to old Miss when they lost that first game to. Uh, uh, to Jackson State, I think it was. Right. And they came back and wanted a thing. But, you know, Kevin, I I really had no doubt they would come back and win that region.
1: Did you? Oh, I, I mean, you never know. But, yeah, was I still confident? Yes. Yes. Yep.
5: You know, And, you know, Kevin, going back to that team, all it, all it was needed with that team to have maybe one or two more solid relief arms, and I think that team could have not
1: only the Yeah, game. I I was I I, ha, I remember having that same thought then, and I thought about I think there were one really good relief pitcher. You know, the the World Series team just had a little a few more middle relief arms th- than that team did. I think they were one really good middle reliever away. Yeah, but anyway,
5: thanks for bringing up the memory there. Kevin. Have All right,
1: day. thank you, FedEx man. Uh, no, it's um. FedEx Man not the only one. A lot of people love that team, and 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 um, I can remember Coach Rowe talking in press conferences about Jace Conrad and that hatred of losing <laughs> and that competitiveness. And if you rem- when I asked Jace that question, he didn't hesitate. It it, it can be a problem. I, I get it. I um, and yet you just. If you're if you're a fan of the team, it you just you just love when it looks like the players care and are agonized over losses just like you are. Now, if they don't act that way, doesn't mean they're not. It's just it's that perception you have as a fan. I think that's partially why I have struggled since I was a kid, this whole idea of You know, you fight, scratch and claw, and you're obsessed all week, and you play this game, and you lose by one point on a questionable call at the end, and everybody's hugging and kissing each other on the field. I mean, I, I just, I have never been comfortable with that, and I understand it a little more now that I'm older, but I've never been comfortable with it. I got to tell you, never. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, Carolyn. Howdy, sir
3: do you think with all this preseason stuff you've been talking about, like the preseason teams in preseason mode and everything, the first couple of weeks of the season, mm-hmm. and, you know, I could kind of see this coming, but you don't think the NFL is going to add a few more games to kind of make that a wash, for like to help some of these teams that kind of start off slow, so that way to give them a chance, oh, like, you man. know, okay, three, four weeks into the season okay, now you got your ladies under you, so now just look at these first two or three games as preseason games. So they're going to end up adding another game or two later. You don't think it'll be 19 games after a while. That's That kind of make up for what's going on in the preseason. You don't think that'll happen?
1: Oh, financially, I'm sure they would love to do it, but, I mean, you got to draw That's a line
3: somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Could I mean, got... they've been talking about, look, you know how they've been talking about before about, you know, about the, the health, safety and health and all this other stuff and this and that concussions and everything, but, I mean, you know how that stuff goes. Look what they did to Tua the other day. Tua was clearly banged up. I mean, you know, but, hey, you know, all about that dollar, man. So, I mean, I think they got to add some more games later on, man, to kind of make this preseason stuff kind of go away. And it'll be like, well, okay, now we have enough games, so really there's no excuses for teams to come out. You know they come out kind of sluggish the first couple of weeks because they don't play their guys well. These extra games are kind of help, so you still have a chance. It'd be like making that up. You don't oh, think it, so? Oh,
1: it would. I mean, again, I I didn't think we'd ever we'd be to seventeen this quickly, so I wouldn't put it past them. But you know, you brought up that two a thing. I, I I don't see how they. Why would you do that? That was so That's public and so obvious. That was so that he obvious. Was at, yeah. That was
3: obvious, man. Come on. And, 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 and they holler about the back. I mean, your back don't make your head look like that. You know when you, you know. You're, like, you cat. Okay? you got to like somebody just beat his brains in. So, you could have cleared his seed on the replay. He pushed, fell on his back, but his head slammed in the ground. Not yeah. his back. His back hit the ground. Your back hit the ground regardless because you got to fall. Your back is part of your body. But your head slammed back. So, and they got hollowed body and You know, now they going to do an investigation. If you investigate what? Y'all seen what happened? You know, come on. And that man was stuck back in the game. They put him back in the game. Now, he came back in the game and played pretty good. But still, yeah. I mean, that still... That's still a slippery slope right there. You that
1: know? was very surprising. Protocol yes, 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 I agree. You know, so, cool. I
3: mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's crazy, and, you know, how the NFL works. And I, I was thinking about that last night. And I said, what's the problem if these jokers add a couple of more games and stuff? And, you know, because the preseason stuff, everybody, you know, kind of complaining about that. More preseason football. That's why some of the teams are struggling, like I was saying, and stuff like that. And I understand that. But. You know, like I said, eventually they're gonna kind of do something to kind of wash that and kind of make that kind of go away from the people's thoughts and stuff. So you know, this game is an entertainment business, so. I I, as long I, as I think one more. I just don't care I, about the health.
1: I, I I think maybe one more, but I just don't see how they can do more than eighteen. I just I don't see how they can do more than one
3: more. But like I say, man, you know, the, the money money talks, bullcrap walks. know you know this already. You know, so all right, all right, hang up and listen. Thanks.
1: No. <laughs> uh, uh, no, there's no question it's going to be discussed. And very possibly it's going to happen. I mean, I don't – I'm not disagreeing anything Ronnie said. I I don't know. I just think it's, it's tough. Look at all the injuries we have, all the injuries. And I know we are – like we all tend to get focused on our team, the team we follow. And, look, the Saints have been so injured the last three. I'm just so fed up with it. But – but it's not just the Saints. I mean, other teams have critical injuries as well. Um, you know, um, Tracy Walker, former Cajun for the Lions. He's out. He's on IR. They got guys on IR all over the league. And some of it is, okay, let's put him on IR now and try to get him healthy because, of you know, we want him back for the second half of the season. Um, I get that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot. I just – a lot of injuries. 18 regular season games is a lot. Again, I always say this isn't um this isn't baseball. Baseball and football are just so different. It's just so you just can't do that stuff. I I don't know. I think they're asking for trouble, but remember, you know, they have Thursday night football. You know, it, it it's ridiculous to have Thursday night football. By the way, tomorrow night's game's kind of interesting. Dolphins, speaking of Tua, I don't, I mean, how's Tua going to play in that game? If he does, there's going to be a lot of people going, hmm. Hmm. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show. Next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Well, we said earlier there's lots of going on this weekend, and here's another example. Park International will be abuzz on Saturday with the Latin Music Festival, family-friendly event that puts on spotlight the bold and beautiful Latin culture in our community. Celebrate the bold tastes and sounds of that culture. Admission is $10. Kids 12 and under get in free. Cuban superstar Sima Funk, Headlines, the lineup of Latin artists. That's the Latin Music Festival this Saturday from 4 to 10 at the Park International in downtown Lafayette. For more information, visit festivalinternational.org. So we got lots of stuff going on. Why people like me are going to be holding our breath and hoping the Saints play well in jolly old London. uh, And the Cajuns can maybe play better against South Alabama than uh you know there's plenty other for the you know other opportunities um, all around the Acadiana area so wanna keep y'all informed on those. So um tomorrow we will have another um, host of of guests be talking to the guru as always. We will not because of NASCAR don't get mad at me. Blame it on NASCAR and, by the way, when I say NASCAR, I'm not talking about NASCAR, uh, that I, uh, I have nicknamed the NFL NASCAR for this show. So, you know, we do a lot of nicknames because, you know, they like putting the really important division games at the beginning of the season. That's a good idea to the NFL. You know, this preseason-level football where everyone's just trying to feel their way through it. We want to put the most, some of the most important games you're going to play all year long in that, in that time frame. And so um, that's why I call the NFL NASCAR. That's a good idea. And the funny thing is, a lot of you buy that. that That's a good idea, in my opinion. Shame on you for buying that garbage. Um, But anyway, um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. The Saints are finally not playing a division game. That game will technically be in October by the time we get to Sunday because I think Is Saturday October the 1st? I think that's the way that works. I think Saturday's October the 1st. So it'll it'll be in October. So the first non-division game the Saints play will come this weekend. (sighs) Anyway, but what I was saying was Luke will not be on because he's having to travel to England. So don't blame me. Blame NASCAR for Luke not being on tomorrow. Stupid idiots. NASCAR playing in London. Unbelievable. All right, appreciate the phone calls, appreciate Jace coming on very much, and Koki, y'all have a nice day.